so we've got a few guys from MSD with us at the moment. Um, this is Daniel. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Daniel, can you tell us uh, a little bit about yourself? What did you do at uni? So I did business at Monash. Yep. Um, Behind the microphone. That one. Oh, this is alright. People will start listening soon. Yeah. Cool. So I did business at Monash. Yep. Um, finished in 2012. And then I thought, praise the Lord, I finished study. I'm going to go make some big dollars. Awesome. Yep. And then guy said, hey, go to Bible college. So I've just started uh, MST this year, doing a master's, which is going to take me four years. Uh, and you know it's God because no one likes to study. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So you've gone from business, earning some money. What was the conviction to go, well, no, I think ministry, telling people that Jesus is more important. Um, how did you come to that? What, what happened? Okay, so uh, I was at my life group. And there was this um, Canadian girl there that was new to the country. And God really put her on my heart to show her around the city because no one had done that. And one day we were just hanging out at a cafe. And she just said, what are you called for? And at that moment, the Lord spoke to me and said, pastor. And being a bit of a coward, I didn't want to face that. And she was smiling at me because she gets words of knowledge and prophecy and dreams and visions to people. And I said, do you have a word for me? And she's like, yes, I do. And I said, all right. What's the third letter of the word you have for me? Because I'm a coward, right? So she goes, N. And I'm thinking, oh, yes, I'm just going crazy. I'm making this up. I'm like, what's the word you have for me? And she says, ministry. Um, and so that moment, I knew, like, the gauntlet was laid down in my life, whether I could just keep going down the business track of just working my way up the ladder, living pretty normally, or just step out in faith. Yeah. Um, and so after that, um, I had different people come up to me, didn't even know my name, didn't know my story and just spoke to spoke into my life and prophesied about ministry and stuff like that. So cool. That's the catalyst. Cool. Yeah. Thanks. So you're going to share for a bit about staying on track with Jesus. Yes. Thanks for coming. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So um, when I was in uni, we didn't have anything like this at Caulfield Monash, and I'm just, it's really sweet that you guys can do this. Um, really treasure this and so into this because you don't know the fruit. That it's going to have not only for you and your workplaces, but for the generations you're going to affect. Um, I just want to take the moment to honour Steve as well for the work he does with you guys, because I didn't have someone like him when I was in undergrad at all, and he's just, he's a sweet dude. I've been around him for three days, and he didn't pay me to say this. So um, just honour you for the work you do. So um, thank you. Um, Steve asked me to share about um, staying in track with Jesus. So for me. I wanted to focus on three key points. First one being understanding God's nature. The second, recognizing what he has done. And third, rejoicing in the trials. This is what, I guess, happens a lot in my life. Um, the things that go through my head when I might want to deviate from the track. Because realistically, no one's going to get off the track unless there's anything pushing them or pulling them aside, right? So, point number one, understanding God's nature. Um, the first thing to, that I always think about is how God is actually a faithful God. He's unchanging. Um, 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Um, and so, so many times in life you get asked by God to do things or step out, um, or situations arise, and you need to actually have faith in God. Um, and, you know, the human flesh response is to be like, I'm going to pull out of this, I'm going to pull out of that, this is too hard, but hey, God is faithful. The second part of God's nature that I think about is that he's my father. He's actually my spiritual dad. Like he's, when you think about that, 
um, and understand that, like, that's a really powerful thing. I mean, like, think about, not forget your own data, your own experiences, but the fact that he calls us his children and he's our father means we can go to him. He wants to actually disciple us and, and be with us daily and actually care about us. Just imagine the most perfect dad you can imagine and then times that by a million because that's how God's like. Um, but Romans 8, 15 says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. Thirdly, about God's character, is that he's got limitless love for me. Um, it's, I know we hear it a lot, but there's a difference between knowing and understanding. And so when I look at my own life and think about the grace that I've received from God after all the stuff I've done, um, it just hits me every time. Like if, if, in the trial, God's love is still greater than my circumstance and, and what I feel. Often like the emotion of a situation can overcome us and we make decisions out of emotion, not actually reminding ourselves of the knowledge of the Word of God that His love is so limitless. Um, so just basis of Romans 5.8, for God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we're still sinners. Um, he also calls us his friends, which is a really big deal because I think, like, especially as a younger Christian, you can kind of like put God in this pie in the sky, big dude, big king ruling over us, and kind of like have this approach to God, being like, "Oh, hey, God, love me. Let's talk about something." But he actually calls us his friends. So, like, for me, when, I, when I'm going through trial and, and, and want to stay on the path, I remember that we're actually in relationship, and we talk about it in church a lot. But relationship is friends, like. When you think about that, it's so two-way. It's so much more than just a placing him in that, <coughs> placing him in a, a way where he's separated from us. He's actually in us and, and lives through us. So Romans 5.10 says, For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us, has made us friends of God. And the final point for understanding his nature is that I remind myself that he's actually on our side. He actually wants the best for me, even though situations can seem like they're, they suck. Um, you know, at the end of the day, God's about heart transformation, not about behavior modification. So if there is a trial and there is something I need to go through, hey, praise the Lord. You know, fire, fire either purifies or destroys. And I think God just wants to refine us and refine us and refine us to become the people he's called us to be. So Romans 8.28 and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Praise the Lord. So my big point number two was recognizing what he's done in my life. I'm sure we have situations where, like the fact that we live in Australia, we're already blessed. Like when you think about that, the, the persecution happening overseas, no one's really persecuting us in, the, in that way. Like I don't walk around the streets saying, staying in Bible college and people just come at me. Like we're so blessed. Um, I think about the fact that I have a resource, that I can buy clothes, that I can buy water. We're all the same, same boat here, right? Um, also, at times like, like meeting with my friend who uh, spoke into my life, I see, see that as a blessing from God, um, that he'd have the grace to actually use me as well, no matter what I've done. Um, so yeah, I just want to read out from Romans 5, 1 to 2. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. And um, I think when we have an attitude of gratitude, when the trial comes and when the, the deviation from the path comes, it's a lot um, 
easier to stand our ground and keep walking the narrow path that we need to be on and keep walking in relationship with Jesus. And my last point was actually rejoicing in the trial, which is easier said than done, but remember, we just went through the nature of God, right? So often, like, you won't be going through something and someone says, hey, just trust in God, have faith. And you're like, but it's really hard, it's really hard, it's really hard. And we just kind of get overwhelmed by the emotion. But we know God has limitless love. We know God has our best intentions. We know God's made us for a plan and a purpose. And he's our father and he walks with us and he's our friend. So therefore, when it comes to rejoicing in the trial, um, it's a lot easier to do. So we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. We know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Um, speaks for itself. Like, so powerful. So thank you for listening to me. And um, if God calls you out of, after your undergrad into Bible college, go for it. Um, it's hard, but it's humbling. So um, yeah, thanks for your time. Thanks for the opportunity. Nice flower. Is this for you, Ollie? The flower? Yeah, yeah. No, it's for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Thanks, Dan. We'll pray for you guys in a moment. Um, I'll introduce you to Ollie, speaker number two. Do you want a seat? No. No, just, just carrying a seat. Yeah, yeah. Just for fun. Yeah, it will be a prop. Come do the drama. Excellent. <laughs> so, would you like to tell us your, your name? Yep, Oliver. Excellent. Well done. Would yeah, you like to thanks. tell us, did you ever go to university? No. Well, I am now. MST is my yep. first first thing I'm doing, so I'm doing Bachelor of Theology. Yep. Mm. Into it. What did you do before that? Um, before that, I worked in construction as a plasterer. Oh. 18 months, tradie, hanging sheets all around Melbourne. That's it's hard work, man. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I built an office in the summer. Yeah. Did all the joins myself, oh. sanded them back. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah, it was yeah. good stuff. Yeah. How long did you do that for? 18 months, yeah. yeah. So it was a pretty easy decision to go into ministry then? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah. what, walk in the park after that. Yeah. No, no tell, us, tell us about that. How did you decide to change courses, uh, go to MST, think about... Well, um, it, it wasn't actually really a change of course, because the Lord was already doing things in my life, so... Um, I was already kind of on that track and plastering was just um, something I decided to do as a job um, for my first year of marriage kind of, that kind of period. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I realised after that, okay, I want to go to study. I was thinking at university what I'd like to do, you know, and I was thinking, ah, oh, would like to do arts, wouldn't mind doing law actually, education, I could be a teacher and I'd done a bit of um, mechanical engineering so I thought that'd be great as well. And I considered all of this and thought, man, which one do I do? But I really wanted to go to Bible college, so I thought, mm. I know that I'm going to use that regardless. Yeah. Yep. So I'll definitely hit that. And cool. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I'll let you share some things. No worries. Okay, so I'll do a drama first for you. Um, hope you enjoy it.
We believe that when God is calling our family, He's calling every single person in our family. So if five of us in our family want to go, but one of us doesn't, even if it's the youngest child, we won't go. And at that point in time, I was like, sweet, we're not going. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've ever been uprooted like that and planted somewhere else, but when you're, you're in a place for a long period of time, you reach so down deep, you've got relationships, you know the places, you've got things. I was in a rock band. I know it's hard to believe, but I used to have really long hair. Put it down past my mouth. And uh, I just love moshing around, playing my guitar. And um, it was a youth rock band from our church. And I was inviting some of my friends from school. And, you know, it was like the relationships were starting to really open up to God. They're like, man, Oliver, that was a sweet concert. You know, I'm going to go back, you know. I was like, awesome. And then all of a sudden, this kind of bombshell came. I was like, God, why would you want to pull me out of all this when all these things are starting to happen? You know, I was on the last um, few years of high school going towards uni. I was thinking, maybe my whole family can move and I can stay here in Tassie where I'm rooted down. But anyway, the Lord was at work in my life at that point in time and I couldn't at that stage have identified it as God's work, but He was definitely at work. And um, through a series of things that happened, um, I, I realised wow, we, we need to leave, our family needs to leave and go to Melbourne. So I, I cast my vote as yes, let's go. And it was like, you know, everything that I'd had and invested, you know, if you're an investor, it's like you've been hoarding your, your money and you're looking after it and you're raising it and investing it and it grows. And it was like, that was my tazzy. I invest so much, you know, into my relationships, into my church, into my schoolmates. And I'd grown this investment, you know. And that was a good thing. It's good to invest in people. And it was like Melbourne, it was like zero, you know, and it was just like, bang, goodbye to all of that. Anyway, so our family ended up moving to Melbourne, and we got here, and, um, you know, after about six months of being in Melbourne, I was thinking about my relationship with the Lord, and I realized, man, something's happened. Something has changed. I, I, I didn't know exactly what it was, right? But, you know, I realized that my kind of childhood um, Sunday school faith had grown, it was like these stagnant waters, you know, the festy ones that are really grotty. Well, it was like a little trickle that just started coming out the other side. And I, I, I felt that, you know, it was like really in my inner spirit. And I was like, oh, that is good. I like that. I want more. And, um, and I, you know, honestly, I couldn't figure out exactly what it was. Like, why did that happen? What am I doing differently? You know, I was living my life at the same way as school in Melbourne as I was in Tassie. I was still involved in youth. I was still involved in music at church. Still, you know, trying to be a blessing to my family as I could. Um, but I realized that somehow in that process of letting go, of, of laying something down and, you know, following the Lord, even though I didn't really realize that God was truly calling me and, and wanting to move in my life in that way, but by laying down and, and being obedient, that the Lord could really, um, I, I don't know, somehow he just pierced into my life in a way that I've never experienced. And it was like that, you know, I was beginning to experience for the first time in my life Taste and see that the Lord is good. It was just like, whoa, that is good. That is good. I want more of that. And so, you know, coming back to this parable, right, this guy, there's two different guys described, and they both kind of find something of great value. One finds a treasure in a field, and he sees it, and he's like, wow, have a look at that treasure. That is awesome. I want to get that. And what does he do? Goes and sells everything he has. And so... Um, yeah, this began a process in my life of beginning to possess this treasure. And I recognized it as a process that I didn't one day just come and, and you know, lay down my life and, you know, as the scriptures say in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, talking about giving your body over the flames, um, uh, you know, surrounding your body. But, you know, it's, it's a process that God was working in my life, you know, bit by bit. 
And so I came to the end of my high school here in Melbourne and I thought, you know what, Lord, I don't want to just, you know, have that little trickle coming out of my stagnant pond, you know, and getting a bit of flow. I want to, I want to turn this into a raging river. Like, I want to be the, you know, you stand at the bottom of Niagara Falls just coming down, you're like, whoa! You know, you're just getting dumped. Yeah, that's, you know, that's the Spirit of God moving. That is the Lord's work. And that's He who does that. The Bible says that it is only God who gives the increase. You know, we can sow, we can water, but it is God who gives the increase in our lives. And He was at work in my life. And so I, I began to see this treasure, the kingdom of heaven, like described in this. And I thought, I want that. I, I want to go and possess that. And so I began to look at other things that I had in my life that I could lay down and sell to possess that so to speak. So not that you buy the kingdom of heaven, but there's definitely a part of, of laying down our lives. Um, when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is near, you know what he was preaching? He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And repenting is like a turning around of your ways, changing the ways. And um, yeah, so I began to like start taking steps and bit by bit, you know, the Lord was growing my faith and, and I was always trying to capitalize and, and always build and it's not that, um, you know, it was always by doing great and wonderful things. Often, you know, I've become to realize more and more that it's just in the daily life of the daily grind as I work throughout the day, you know, that that is an everyday life filled with faith. And I can possess that kingdom of heaven as I lay down my life every day. Um, so I just, um, I suppose in all of that, um, what I'd like to say to you is, you know, if you haven't had that taste, and it's okay if you haven't, do not feel guilty. This is not about feeling guilty. But if you haven't had that taste, you know, and you would like, you know, you're curious about it, what is that? Why is that guy up there so crazy and, you know, just talking really loudly? <laughs> you know, or, you know, why is Steve coming here and, you know, serving us as a CU, you know, when he could obviously be doing something else with his time? You know, you see examples of the faith and you have a curiosity. Bring it to the Lord, you know. Ask Him, be honest with Him. Father, I have a curiosity. I want to know. I want to taste what it is. Why was it that David wrote down? Why did he write that? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Why did that man in that parable, if the kingdom of heaven is truly like that, if this is the truth, that the kingdom of heaven is worth selling all of this stuff to possess, what makes it so good? Why is that? And I'm... I'm I believe as you begin to ask those questions and pray to God, seek Him and ask Him to, to show these things to you, you'll begin to get that taste. And it will be good. And if you already have it, don't just be satisfied with that, you know. Maybe you've, maybe you've received it and you're like, oh, I like this, you know. And you just kind of keep tasting the same kind of thing. Always be looking to deepen and to, to drill down deeper into your faith, into your relationship with the Lord. And um, I suppose... With the theme of staying on track, I think for me this has helped me to stay on track in my Christian walk because it's like I'm not um, I'm not trying to be like oh yeah you know like I'm just always trying to reinvest you know to to build and to grow and with my focus there you know to continue to possess the kingdom of heaven um, so far in my life I mean hasn't been 50 years or something but that has held me in good stead and I'm quite sure I would leave me home by the grace of God. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for coming and sharing. And um, have a pray for you guys and whole MST as they continue doing mission and then we'll taste and see some McDonald's later on. That'll be good. <laughs> um,
Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the, the wonderful reminder from, from Daniel about who you are, that you're a loving Heavenly Father who just loves to, to call us to be your friends, uh, and you do that through sending your Son to die for us. Father, we thank you for your goodness in the Gospel. And Father, we thank you for, for what Ollie shared for us, um, that you really are good, uh, that having the Kingdom of Heaven uh, being one of your chosen people in your kingdom uh, is far better than anything that this world could ever offer us. Mm. Father, I just pray that for each one of us we'll, we'll remember these truths, that they will help us stay on track until that final day of glory. I just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.